Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. This is Talk Real Estate Roundtable, and we are... Um, the McNamara Broker Team, the broker team here at Boston Connect Real Estate. I am Mary Baker, and I am here with Melissa Wallace. Hello. And, and we are joined by our team leader, actually on site, um, on at one of our newest listings, which is kind of cool. So maybe she'll give you know Facebook Live and a little bit like a little sneak peek of what's going on over there. Sharon, you're Sharon. on mute, my friend. Yeah, you're on mute. Sorry, but my view over here is spectacular. So I've been over here all day. You just couldn't resist, right? Just couldn't. And, you know, we're not doing any open houses and still got three drive-bys and, you know, showing houses for other agents from different companies. But I'm all about that and being supportive. Um, But I'll just show you real quick this view if you get a chance. Let's see. Why don't you tell everybody where you are? All right. Do you think I'm going to get more interruptions? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I am at 88 Owls Head Bluff in Pembroke, and it is on beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Silver Lake. And I have to tell you, I've lived in Pembroke for 29 years. I'm familiar with all of the ponds. Um, Stetson Pond is right behind me. I live about a mile from here, mile and a half from here. And when I walked into this house, it was just, we it was sort of like hokey the way that I sort of wrote up our description on this one, but it's this house is a feeling. It's just a feeling that you're not going to get anywhere else. And it was really such a pleasure to, you know, come here today. I've been here since like 12 o'clock, left for a bit, then came back, uh, went and introduced myself to the next door neighbor. He was great. But when I opened up this this um, French door here to the back deck, oh my gosh, the wave of lilac, <laughs> delicious, delicious lilac just pounded me in the face. And I was like, this is what retirement feels like. I'm pretty <laughs> but I made you guys think that I was working all day and working really hard. Uh-huh, you're so funny. <laughs> I know you were working hard over there. Doing all the yeah. doing those accompanying showings is not easy. No easy task. I get yeah. tongue tied by the end of it. But uh, I'm, I got stood up as well. So that's why I didn't make it back to the office. So I figured this was the best way to me get on. I am Mark McNamara tonight. 
he's part of the team. He's on the team. Mark's on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tonight, so Melissa had a great idea. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, kind of what was not, I was, see, I want to say setting expectations because we've done a show kind of. You can of call it whatever you want to call it. Similarly, but kind of trust, more like trust the process because there's a lot of, this is probably one of the more emotional markets that we've ever been in, mm-hmm. even from a seller's perspective too. So we, we've constantly been talking about the buyers and the emotional roller coaster that they're on, but even on the seller end, there's a lot of emotions going in um, and a lot of opinions that people are getting um, both from family who may not be in real estate or people who are watching the news and you know it might not be applicable to your specific situation. So we thought we would do a show tonight about tr- trusting the process, trusting your team, trusting your agent um, and the people that they kind of have for you, right, ladies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, yeah. Trusting the process. Yeah. So it's sort of like a a subtopic is there's a method to our madness, why we choose to do the things that we do. I don't Um, know if there's a method to my madness anymore. It's just madness. I'm kidding. It's really just going to say it's really a whole lot of madness. (laughs) So I'm going to sneak off for just one sec. I'll be right back. Keep talking. Okay. Um, So we're going to do it from a seller's perspective and a buyer's perspective. So um, I know we always start with sellers, but we can sort of co-mingle them I guess um because I feel like you always get yeah but it's sort of like we how we want our sellers and our buyers to trust us um you know but so we're gonna go through the whole process whether you're buying or you're selling so Mary jump in whenever you have a little tidbit about a buyer or a seller um and when Sharon comes back we can um include her as well but um you know from Let's start off with the beginning, very, very beginning process for somebody who is interested in in selling their home. So obviously, you know, we want them to hire a realtor. We, you know, mm-hmm. some people like to sell homes on their own. Um, so we call them for sale by owners. But, um, you know, part of the, it was that thunder. It sounded like thunder. Yeah. Is somebody here? Um, but hiring a realtor would be sort of our first first step of uh of selling your house um and buying were you gonna say yeah i was gonna say and of buying too i think it's i think it's really important when you're a buyer especially in today's market and it's funny how often i'm finding myself saying this to people who are coming through open houses who don't have a buyer's agent it's almost like i don't even care if you hire me but you have to hire a buyer's agent that's really going to advocate for you And in starting that process and setting expectations for your buyers, especially in today's market, the very first thing that you should be sitting down and doing is talking to a loan officer or a real estate agent before you're going out and looking at houses, before you're you know, imagining yourself living in these places and, you know, trying to make offers on the fly. It's it's just not a realistic um, situation to be in. If you, so say like Sharon's beautiful 88 Howells had just came on market and you saw one of our amazing Facebook posts and, or saw it on Instagram and you say, hey, you know, I wasn't really thinking about um, buying, but I want to go see this house right now. You go in there, you fall in love with it. Now you're in a market where you're entire, you're very competitive with a bunch of buyers who have been around the block, so to speak, and have a marketing strategy in play. And I'm not saying, you know, it's not okay to look, but let's be realistic about what that looks like, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're you're kind of like 
two or three steps behind everybody else. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that the right way? Yeah, I and I sort of came up with like the subtopic of like there's a method to our madness is because what's going on in the market right now is not the norm. Yeah. So we as realtors have had to adapt to sort of what's going on and what sort of best suits um, you know sellers and buyers. Um, that process it's sort of changed a little bit since COVID um, and because of this crazy market, but you know, somebody who's interested in selling their house now or maybe buying their house for the first time, um, they're sort of not used to what's going on Mm -hmm. because A, they've they've either never been a part of it, um, so they might think that this is the norm or, you know, they they sold or bought real estate 30 years ago and it might have been a little bit different. Um, So I would say that, you know, what's going on right now is not the norm, but we're sort of adapting and going through the motions. Yeah, sort of. you got to trust the people who are in it day in and day out. Yeah. When I was in school, we had this thing called the emo track. So like what? it was excellence, motions are off track. And you had to say what your day was. Were you, uh, where were you on the emo scale? An E, an M, or an O. So we're going through the motions. Okay. So, so you did know. we have an excellent day? Did we have... What emo? Well, we're going through the motions so we can get to excellence. excellence. So we're, we're we're striving we're, for excellence. Yes, and we've I feel like we've mastered the whole like showing a house and putting a house on the market during COVID, and now that COVID is, you know, sort That's of a whole different ball game. In now. our hopefully it's in our rear view mirror soon. Uh, May 29th. We'll have to go back to you know sort of the norm, quote unquote, before. So I don't know that our norm will ever be. No, like our new norm will never be our old normal. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm never getting rid of all my hand sanitizer. <laughs> I went back to norm today. I was just, as people were coming in here today, I was like, hey, I'm vaccinated and sick of it all. So if you want to take off your mask, feel free. That's where I was today. And they're like, thank God. Like, you know, I don't we're think all you're vaccinated too. You're not alone in that boat whatsoever because I, you, just yesterday I showed my first house where the agent was like, no masks. No masks. It's fine. It's cool. Home inspection this morning. No masks. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? There isn't, you know, there aren't 10 people in here. So I didn't have to worry about it. You know, they're very controlled settings. But one of the things uh, we are live on Facebook. I saw us. What are we on? Are we on all of our groups and stuff? All the pages. Yeah. Um, But I just noticed in my highlights that um, two years ago today, we bought Boston Connect Real Estate House. Stop it. It's today. Today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Can you imagine? Two years. Huh. Two years. Kind of the, stair- the staircase behind me sort of looks like the staircase in the office, yeah. doesn't it? It yes. does. So, congratulations, Boston Connect Real Estate. You have Woo-hoo. the best home on the South Shore. But um, congratulations, yeah. Ms. McNamara, Mr. McNamara. Yeah. Well, to all of us, it's a, we're a team, a big, big team out there. But one of the things I found interesting as you're talking about like what the norm is and everything, and it's funny how things are shifting so much because the conversations I've been having with everybody. And again, I've really enjoyed being here for the most part. I don't think that a company showings are really necessary, um, but having them here has been spectacular because I can explain Silver Lake and all the trails and things like that. And it's it's funny to me because so many of the buyers are here before their agents. And I don't mind some showed up without their agents just driving by and I showed them the house, but people are saying like, so how much over do you think this one's going to go mm. for? It's not even Isn't the that like the magic number. Like what's the magic number? 
Yeah, like how much is this house? But it's not even that. It's like, how much is it going to go over? And that's what the expectation is for people. And then, so this was one couple in particular that, you know, had said this to me while they were there. And I was like, honestly, I mean, the house is on the market for 650. I will let you know that we're on the lower end of our range, but we felt like that was a good number for us to be at. I was like, but you'll have to have that conversation with your agent. And she called me back and she's like, thank you so much. Like, I didn't expect them to like drive by and then just walk in the house, which they did. And they were a sweet, sweet couple. And that's what she said is like, you know, they want to know their the anticipation is, is how much over is it? And she explained to them, this is where the comps are. She didn't use our, our tagline of emotional value, but that's what's going on. So mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, you, you have to lean into your agent to do what's best for you. So that's kind of on the trust the process, right? There's a method yeah. to madness about trust, everything. Yeah, so trust your agent. Trust in the fact that you're going to get the best advice as a buyer, right? You're going to get the best advice from the people that you've hired to represent you um, and hope that they're doing everything that they can to advise you like on a, on a scale of where you should be. But ultimately with with that being said, just because I, I primarily work with a lot of our buyers, um, even when buyers come to me and they say, hey, Mary, how much over do you think I have to be? Well, that that's a great question. I can sh- tell you what I feel the numbers are and where I can see this property headed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have no idea wh- what somebody else is going to be willing to do. If mm-hmm. somebody's missed out on you know 14 properties, they could come in and I don't know, name their firstborn son after me, after me. Mm-hmm. My name's Mary. And I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you, you, uh, sorry, I was distracted by Facebook for a second, but, um, why don't we get into determining, um, you know, the price and sort of trusting the process with that. Sharon, you bring in our sellers and sort of go through this process with them (laughs) in hopes that they trust you with coming up with the right number. Um, ultimately it is their decision what to come on the market for, but you educate them. And so sort of let our listeners know how you educate our sellers in determining a price. So I really am very focused on the numbers and the data and looking at what is out there right now. So we base it on sold comparisons. So I don't go off emotional value. I don't go off of what somebody is feeling. I don't use, oh, my house is better than that guy's house. I don't do any of that. I just look at comparisons of homes that have sold. It's pretty simple, actually. The last six months, sold properties, similar style house, similar type of condition, similar type of location. And, you know, you're never going to find that exact cookie cutter, exact type house. So sometimes you have to say, all right, well, this house has a garage, your house doesn't, but your house has a finished third floor, you can get whatever it would be. You know what I mean? You're trying to do, you know, this for that type thing, just to sort of make up that difference. And then I always tell my clients, stay within the range, because when we're staying in that range, I'm 100% sure this is where this house is going to appraise at. And if somebody should put a higher offer in above that with emotional value, well, then they have to own that emotional value when it comes to an appraisal as well. Oh, I know some people are like, oh, it seems like this house is underpriced. It's under, it may seem like it's underpriced based on what you're seeing going on in the market, but I can't price this house just because I feel in my heart of hearts that this house could potentially have a seven or an eight on it. 
or maybe higher, depending on what somebody is willing to do. Yeah. I don't have a number that I can say to a, you know, to um, an appraiser here, this is what's justifying it. So but I do I, feel, I feel it will go for that, but it's going to have to be a person that doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, the appraisal process. So I have kind of like a follow-up question to that because what I'm seeing right now, and it's great, um, but we're seeing a lot of properties coming on market that's that are subject to seller finding suitable housing. And potentially it's taking those people several months to find suitable housing. So I'm, I, I feel like that, you know, higher market that we're finding ourselves in or that crazy, crazy, those crazy bidding wars, those over asking offers, actually not a, not a lot of them are, are sold comps. There are under agreement comparables, especially in the current, like in our mm-hmm. small sphere right now. Right. Yeah. So if it's the under agreement, they don't really become a comp for mm-hmm. your new listings going on until they sell. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like pe- when people are coming to us and they're saying, oh, you know, I feel like this house is underpriced. Well, for what we have as actual sold properties, it's not for what is under agreement. And we know that like, hey, maybe I put in an offer on this house and I missed out. And I know that I went $75,000 over asking. I still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But that's not, hasn't really sold for $75,000 mm-hmm. over asking yet. Do you know what it, yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah. what, like, how do you feel? Do you find that using, uh, like when you're comping out houses or finding your list price for houses, that it's almost a little bit more difficult because of the p- amount of properties that are under agreement? And you're yeah, like, I, like I, I mean, this could have gone here. Yeah. I mean, one of the nice advantages we have at Boston Connect Real Estate is that our office just happens to be very much in the know in several towns right now. I mean, all of our agents are very good. Like, so when I did a CMA just the other day, I had people in the office. I was able to look at three three houses that are under agreement, but I know what they're selling for because they're either being listed or sold by somebody in our office. So it worked out perfectly. So I was able to get those numbers. Mm-hmm. from the agents and just say, hey, you know, could you mind if I have this number? So I'm able to do that. And that worked out great because those people that I was talking to, they have a beautiful, beautiful house. It's a raised ranch, but then how do people feel about raised ranches? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but um, beautiful house, beautiful garage, beautiful property. And I'm like, here's the good news. This is where your number is. I don't feel this number is accurate based on what is going on in the market. But when these other three houses sell, that's, those are going to be very good comps for you that are going to justify the number that we think that you're going to be at. So I'm really lucky that way. Sometimes we'll call agents. I know you called an agent recently and asked her if she would tell you how much hers was under agreement so you could help a buyer. And she basically told you to go yeah, go pound sand because I'm putting yeah. an offer on in on it, lady. That's what yeah. I, that's what you told me. Which I mean, it's it's um, and I've done that with a couple of our buyers. Say, hey, you know, you have a listing that's in the neighborhood. I can see that it's selling pretty soon. Um, would you mind sharing that information with me because we're trying to give our buyers the most accurate information possible. And some of those houses mm-hmm. were going like eighty thousand dollars over asking. You know, it's 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 hard. It's so it's such a hard thing and. You know, I had this couple in here earlier that just showed up without their agent, which very nice couple. And, you know, it's what is the value of this property? It's a niche property. You know what I mean? So this is a property that even before going through what we're going through, I would have most likely said 
this house is really willing what what it's what you're willing to pay for it because you can do whatever you want to do to this house if you d decided that you didn't like the style of this house you could build on you could do whatever but you're never going to get that view you're just never going to get it and sometimes you pay a little bit more because you know you're going to be there long term and that's what i said to the agent i was like you know tell them to go in as is their highest and best and best conditions and everything because honestly they're retiring and when this sells it's going to be their kids problem well, yeah. And I mean, how many times do we see that there's, well, how many opportunities do you actually have to get a view like you have? Very few and far between, even in a town like Pembroke, which has a lot of ponds that you I do on. not feel like I am in Pembroke right now. I No, I feel like feel you're in like Maine or New Hampshire. I feel like I'm in Maine. Do you know how many people I had? Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, up on Lake yeah. Champlain, like people just talking. I mean, I got to show you guys this. And if all of our Facebook people are watching... There's a uh, sort of a smart alecky uh, type comment on Facebook. I'd love to talk to Daniel if he wants to call in because we would love to uh, have homes for the homeless as well. Isn't that beautiful? It is very beautiful. Yeah, it is great. It does. It, and I think the way that the land is, it does kind of look like you're out, out over like a mountainscape. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. I'm going to show you more. You guys can talk. I'm just going to show you views. All right, okay. Moving on to the next part. Um, well, Mary, you brought up off-market buyers who yeah. are interested in property. So do you want to sort of explain why you wanted to talk about that tonight? Well, yeah. So that was kind of about my trusting the process uh, or when you had explained it to me in that, like there's a method to our madness, trusting the process. This is what we're going to talk about. And the reason I bring up in off-market buyers is because, yes, there may be that seller who, you know, just doesn't want to go through the process of um, cleaning the house and doing the photos and, you know, having all of these strangers walking through. It might make them really uncomfortable, but that's a small percentage. Um, and those are your for sale by owners or your off-market properties. But a majority of them, the best thing for a seller right now and in the market that we're in is to... Um, you know, publicly list the house, um, get an MLS, get as many eyes on it as humanly possible, do your marketing um, and really attract the most amount of buyers. So I know, I mean, we hear it all the time. I think we have um, as a company, as a team, we have a lot of listings in the area. And I know a lot of buyers would be like, well, why can't you just let me know what, and this might be an unpopular opinion here, but why can't you just let me know when you have something coming on? And we're happy to give that information and say, you know, that we've asked the seller if we could share this with you. And, you know, it's coming in a couple of weeks, it's coming in a month and we've given them the opportunity, you know, would you like to entertain an offer from somebody off market or would you like to go on market and expose yourself to the most amount of buyers and potentially get the mm -hmm. most amount of money? So um, I think buyers out there, I know the frustration is so, so real, um, but if you like, think about it this way, if you were in their shoes and you were selling your house, what would you want to do? Would you want to take a, take a chance on one buyer or have a multitude of buyers to choose from mm -hmm. and potentially get even <clears throat> more than you're asking? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think, I mean, the reason I brought up off market properties or are trying to get buyers trying to get properties off market is because when we're setting expectations, it's very few and far between that that's a real scenario. And it mostly because it's not the best situation for the seller. It's yeah. not the, it's, you know, it's not the best route for them to go down. So I think if you're, I mean, 
you have to, you have to be mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. it stinks. It, yeah. it does, but that's the fair way to go about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously Mary and Sharon are going to help our sellers like through, even if they're not technically not a seller because they're not going on the market, like help with coming up with, you know, ideas of, is this the best, um, you know, plan of action for selling your home? Um, everybody's different too. I mean, yeah, well, that's why it's like trust the process. So it's like either, you know, if it's not a smart idea, Sharon has talked many people out of not selling their homes because it's yeah. just not the, the, yeah, they might get a lot for their house, but where are they going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have anywhere else to go. They'll, they might overpay for something or they're looking for something that they already have. So yeah. not a smart move. Um, but let's jump into coming students and just listed just because you had said a couple of times, like getting the most amount of exposure. So something that we do is professional photography. We do the coming soons and trying to get like buzz with a property you know, and we sort of, we treat every listing equally, no matter the price. So we do professional photography Mm -hmm. for all of our listings. We do the professional flyers and postcards and the whole shebang for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. because a sale is, is a whole, is a, is somebody's home. It's somebody helping somebody through the process and getting Mm -hmm. them into the next chapter of their life, no matter what price point or anything like that it is that that Mm -hmm. sort of doesn't it matters but it doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. we're all equal here um Sharon looks like she I I don't even know she's just like staring out into the distance like literally longingly like I'm not I'm 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 listening but I'm not (laughs) I'm in Maine um but yeah, so uh, another thing, exposure. So some some sellers don't like for sale signs. Mm. Um, and it sort of doesn't make sense to me because, I mean, when your house goes on the market, like you're not really hiding that you're on the market. So like, why not have a for sale sign? Like, it's like, oh, I don't want my neighbor to know that I'm going, like that I'm for sale. It's like, but, um, but yeah. you do. Like everyone's going to know. <laughs> but it's also the first thing that people look for when they're, you know, driving around, driving around or going to your house for a showing or looking for you the open you know, house. Yeah, like you know they're looking for the sign house. before they look at for the house first. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Once I get onto the street, I turn my GPS off and I'm like, as soon as I see the Boston Connect sign, that's the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, I'm pro I sign. think a sign. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's there's statistics that, you know, from National Association of Realtors that shows that signs actually help enhance, you know, your exposure. I mean, if not even just for people who are on a busier street, but even if you're in a little cul-de-sac and there's, you know, 15 houses in the cul-de-sac, I'm sure all the neighbors already knew beforehand, but it's like, oh, I heard that so-and-so is selling their house. I have a brother who wants to live down here, my brother's cousin or whatever, or my brother, my husband's cousin. Or even the UPS guy is driving down there or, you know, somebody's getting cable put in. Like all these people buy houses too. So having a sign, it, it, I don't know why anybody would not want one, but there are certainly people out there who don't and I do not understand it. Yeah, because it also, you know, helps with 
you know, you have the rider up there that has the contact information. So they're not uh-huh. just calling the office. And I do have sort of a request for somebody. If you are going to call an office, like, please don't be upset if they don't have all the information for you. <laughs> like, Five they're not the really. listing agent, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like they will get you, you know, the contact information that you do need. But because um, a lot of the times the sign will go up before it's on the market. So it's a coming yep. soon. Um, and we don't give all that information out to um you know, to people just, just yet, but there's a process. So you got to trust it. Um, I actually interrupt for just one sec. So um, one, it is just about, we have a half hour left, but I just want to give out the phone number to our WATD listeners. Uh, Ben is in studio. So if you do have any questions for us, or if you're sort of disagreeing with anything we're saying, or maybe even agreeing, that would be a change. Um, (laughs) It's 781-837-4900. And I know we're on a topic right now, but I just noticed uh, on Facebook that Steve Cook from Imperial Inspection Services is actually watching right now too. And um, I'm wondering if this market of everybody giving up, so Steve, if you're listening, this is for you. In this market where everybody is giving up contingencies, especially home inspection contingencies, is he seeing a difference in his business based on... Yeah, like a decline in home inspections based on that. Or like, well, how does he feel when he gets there? And it's like, oh, this is for informational purposes only. Like, isn't it always anyways? But Steve, if you're listening, if you want to call into WATD 781-837-4900, uh, I'd love to know the answer to that question. Sorry to get Steve you off earlier. track on your agenda. Nope. Okay. Everyone can talk about whatever they want to talk about. Um <laughs> Let's go on to showings and open houses. Sharon, you're doing a company showing. So why don't you tell everybody how we come up with the decision if we're doing a company showings or private showings? Yeah. So with the company showings, it's, I am generally not an advocate of doing a company showings. One, it's extremely difficult, especially if you're just like a single agent to be able to accommodate every showing that everybody wants. So honestly, you guys know, I got here today at, I was fielding calls all day. I live about a mile from here, but I got here at 12 and then I wanted to go meet, you know, introduce myself to the next door neighbor and then went back to the office real quick and then went home, came back here. So I've been here again since 2.30 until now. And I have another appointment later. I mean, I have the flexibility and the ability to do that because I have you guys on my team. So Mel, you have been running around doing a bunch of stuff for the team for real estate, taking care of the agents in the office. And Mary, you have been out there doing the same thing. You had a home inspection today. You were at town hall. So we're in a very, very good place where we're able to do that. Um, In a house like this, um, again, I'm at 88 um, Owl's Heads Bluff in Pembroke, right on Silver Lake. It's beautiful. If you want a showing, they're all private showings. Uh, You make sure you give us a call. Uh, 781-294-4848. But we're able to do this because we are a team. If I was my own person right now, I would never be able to sit here all day and accommodate this. And this is a special type of a house. I want to explain what Silver Lake is. It is not a fully recreational pond where people can go out there and put a jet ski. So I want to talk about that. Antique homes. I love to do a company showings at antique homes. Everybody knows how I feel about antique homes. I just love them. So I love to give the details of the house. But when I do an accompanied showing, I give the information and when they're with their agent and then I say, 
I just want you to have some, you know, a personal time with your agent and I'm just going to step outside because I want them to have conversations with their agent without me being there. So I think they work, but you know, honestly for like a four bedroom box colonial, that's very cookie cutter and very similar to the next one you're going to go see. I don't think it's actually necessary for the listing agent to be there unless there's a special, a little special something about that house. That like nobody would know without like you being there to specifically point it out. Also, I think with the company showings, it's hard to coordinate. It's harder to coordinate three schedules. So now you have the buyers, you have the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Um, So potentially Mm -hmm. if you're not doing a company showings, you could be getting more people through the door because, you know, there Mm -hmm. aren't any restrictions. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's just food for thought. And I think that's what goes to, to determining if we're going to do them or not. I was just going to say, that's the, the very point is today. Like I would have never been able to do this if it wasn't for you guys. You know what I mean? So I mean, to be here all day long, just doing a company showing, saying the same thing over and over again, um, you know, generally you can't do that. And I know like one agent, like she was supposed to be here at five, then her client canceled and she forgot to call me. I've been sitting here since five. I was like, well, maybe she's running late, then 5.45. I'm like, all right, are you coming or are you not coming? Oh, I forgot to call you. You know, so that's a little annoying. But I mean, and I know that people make mistakes. So I was like, all right, well, do you want to come later? Do you want to come tomorrow? Like, how can I accommodate you? She already rescheduled. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Um, An alternative to um, accompanied showings would be that you know, as the listing agent, every time, you know, somebody makes a showing, you can just give them a call and just say, hey, these are some of the perks of the house. You know, these are the shining stars over there, you know, all that stuff. So it's a conversation that you can have on the phone, um, which you guys do um, when you're when you're not doing a company showing. So Mm -hmm. um, the open houses. So I there's some agents that like to have no showings until the open houses. There are some agents that don't like to have open houses. I know you said that at Owl's Head, um, you're not doing an open house because it's it went on the market yesterday. So on a Monday and you have five days to show it. Um, you know, which is more than enough time to to uh-huh. to view it. Um, and I feel like in this market, that's a generous amount of time. Um, uh-huh. So, what? How do you guys determine whether or not? Um, are you laughing at me? No, I'm just gonna say it's a ge- four days. It's a generous amount of time. Yeah. Um, how do you guys determine whether or not you're gonna do an open house or have um, hold the showings until an open house? I personally think that's um, more based off of the seller. It could be seller comfort level, seller accommodation. So like if you have, you know, things that are restricting you from potentially getting out of the house on the drop of a dime, or if you, you know, you're working through the week and you can't necessarily um, take off for several days at a time, it could be very taxing in in a market that we are to load up the kids, load up the pets, get them all in the car and be out of your house Mm -hmm. for an entire day. So that would be one reasoning for holding all of the um, showings until the open house to kind of really alleviate the stress that this market will put on the seller and kind of try and take it off the seller and put it on, hey, we're just going to do showings during the open house because this is what physically is going to work best for our seller. Mm -hmm. And then there's other scenarios where I know we've done open, we've gone the route of not doing open houses based off of location and lay of land you know? Yeah. 
I think that um, one of the things that our team does a really good job at is really, you know, I don't want to say putting it on our client because, you know, here's the thing is, you know, I think sometimes that, you know, people who are selling their house think that real estate agents like to do the open houses so they can find other buyer clients. I mean, we're in a very fortunate place in our careers where that isn't the situation for us. Do we meet people? Absolutely. But um, for us, my job is to sell that house. And if you want me to do an open house, then I'll certainly do one. I think now certain price ranges, you're always going to have, you know, I don't feel as if somebody's going to walk off the street and just look at a, you know, 1.1, 2 point, whatever million dollar house. They're going to be working with a buyer's agent. So it doesn't make sense to have to do the open houses then, but really listening to what our clients want and what works best for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think we, we handle that pretty well. And I think, again, I'm going back to like our team aspect of, Hey, you know, this is, this is the way it has to be. Like she can't get every, the the animals and the kids out of the house. I have to do open houses there Saturday and Sunday. So I'm all right. I'll pick up this so you can do that, you know? So it's really helped. That's one of the things I've really realized in the past, you know, through all of this is um, having the team to lean into is been really super beneficial. Yeah. I was talking to somebody, um, earlier today and they were just saying it was another real estate agent from another company and she was just like it's becoming more and more evident in the culture of our industry that teams are going to be almost like a must going forward mm-hmm. not to say that the single agent can't do it but it is very very difficult to be um, a solo agent right now so teams kind <clears throat> of allow you to have a lot more flexibility than I think uh-huh. And there's a lot of other advantages to teams. I like teams. You get a lot of different personalities. <laughs> yes. <Hey. laughs> and then there was me this morning that was telling Mary, no, this is how I'm doing it. I don't even care what your thoughts are about this. We're doing this. Yeah. And, and then she said, got, then she pouted and hung up on me. And I was like, you hung up on me. I said, okay. And she hung up on me. I'm just putting that on the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's me and then that this. happens and then and then and then melissa's like i'm just gonna walk by the firemen like and they're with their hoses there's me just waiting for a half hour outside of oh my I texted God. mary i was like oh maybe they're late because the fire department is like outside i saw them with hoses so if i have to go there i mean i will walk by them not a big uh-huh. deal i'll take one for the team is what i said then she didn't respond so you know i was driving no texting and driving um, um, we digress. Yeah. So after showings and open houses, hopefully you get an offer. But I'm going to say something that is very controversial. I already warned you. No, Mary. it needs to be said. Uh, it needs to be said. Not every property will get multiple offers. There. I said it. It's controversial, but it's the truth. It's you know, truth. I, I, I feel like there are some sellers out there that, you know, yes, they keep hearing the market's hot. It's crazy. You know, I'm going to put my house on for $10 million and I'm going to get multiple offers. And even if your house is priced right, if it is very, if it is a very particular home or if it has particular features or in a certain area or whatever, it's not always going to get multiple offers and you, you don't have to take offense to it or, or get mm-hmm. upset about it, but it's just, it, it's All just you sort need of is one buyer that loves your home. 
Yeah, you just need one person to love it as much as you did. Yeah. I'm going to call that FOMO though. So like fear of missing out. I'm going to say that's <laughs> that's FOMO. That's a, yeah. So sellers are thinking, you know, my next door neighbor sold their house and they got 10 offers. And why did my house only get one offer? Well, you don't, number one, what time of the year was it? Where like pricing wise, where were you at? Like, do you have two identical houses? Did they do more updates? Do they have a, a you know, are they further off of the main road than you are? Do they got a bigger backyard? Like all of, the, all of these different things. I think it's hard for a seller. It's almost like a why me? Like, why is this happening to me? when you don't get the multiple offers, right? Yeah, well, we've talked about this in the past and you guys sort of didn't like when I would say it is- um, Nobody has an ugly baby. <laughs> that's how sellers feel. Nobody has an ugly baby, right? Well, yeah, you, you do, you have an ugly baby. That's why that baby isn't selling and that's why your baby is getting one offer. Like, I don't know what to tell you, you know? But again, lean in to the people who know and will help you make things better, you know, like for the best for what your house is, you know, mm -hmm. like your house is never, If I mean, here's the thing. If you have a bungalow, you know, a two bedroom bungalow, I, I can never, ever, ever make it look like a four bedroom, you know, 3,500 square foot colonial, no matter how much staging we do, I can't do that. So you have to just know where you are and know your lane, you know? Mm -hmm. Know your lane and just stay in it because I don't know. Sellers are funny to me. I hear it all the time. My house is better than that one. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what he said to me last week? <laughs> My house is better than that one. <laughs> My house is better than yours. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I just, I feel like a seller may think like, oh, the market's hot, the market's hot. But again, like it, it might be a specific home. So you might live in a bungalow, but you're looking at all of the colonials that have recently sold for way over asking. Like, yes, the colonial market is hot. People want to live in a square box. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what they wanted to live in. Okay. I mm -hmm. actually think layout has a lot to do with the offers that, um, you know, when you're seeing these bidding wars, layout is huge. Honestly, it's, oh. it's like, and, yeah. And I feel like, um, I don't know if it was you or somebody else. I think we only have five minutes left, but layout, I feel like is very important because I, it was neither you that had the conversation or, or another agent where they had multiple children, um, but because of their uh, living dynamic, um, it, like there was going to be one bedroom on the first floor and the rest of them on the, on the second floor. So it's like, how do you, do, like yeah. they were sort of trying to make their world fit into this house because they needed a house, um, but somebody was going to feel left out because they were going to be on the first floor and everybody else gets to be on the second floor together. So yeah. it's sort of like trying to make the house fit them when uh, that, that's that's desperation. That's that's buying something with emotion when really you have to be smart about these things. So I'll go on record and say like my house would be a house if we put it on market, it would not appeal to a lot of buyers. Just based off of its layout, the in-law is fabulous. Like that is that is great. That might appeal to a little demographic. Mm -hmm. But the actual layout, I mean, I have two smaller bedrooms on one side of my house. So like expansion-wise, if I have more than one kid or a kid that's over six, you know, it gets a little tough. But it was something I was willing to sacrifice at the end of the day because of, you know, the situation that I was in. But like... I don't think I have an ugly baby, but I don't think a lot of people are going to want to buy it if I put it on. 
And you know that's the thing is, you know, there's a um, there's there's a bum for every seat, right? So whatever the house is, like even the house that I'm in right now, again, I love it. It's it's certainly going to fit a certain demographic. I mean, not that we're sort of steering anybody into any type of demographic, but when think of the families that like the four bedroom colonial, so all the kids can be on the same floor. Well, this isn't going to be the house for them, right? Because we have two bedrooms down, two bedrooms up. Really, really big size bedrooms, by the way. Yeah, they are. But who is this house going to fit? It could fit an array of people. Honestly, I'm like, if you had even just like a single person who lived here, but you know, maybe they they have a lot of family that you know is out of state. This this house is perfect for that. There's first floor bedrooms, two, and then there's a first floor bathroom, full bathroom, and then upstairs is another bedroom away from the master with yet its own another bathroom that could be private, and the master has its own. So you could easily do that. I also think right now, you know, we see a lot of um, the demographic of a lot of divorced people with older children, right? And they're alternating weekends, right? So the kids aren't going to be there every single day and they're just there on weekends or whatever, you know? Perfect. Have them downstairs. We're upstairs. You know, I just think this, you know, you can find there's there's just a a layout that's going to work for everybody, but you should never go into a house and just try to force fit it because that doesn't work. Yeah. I agree. Sorry, I don't have to I, my I, 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 That's my third doorbell, so I'm not even How sure. How did we get no, no questions tonight? I mean, come on, what's wrong with our listeners? No question. I think, I think we, we have to do have... a positive show next yeah. week because I feel like we've been Debbie Downers for a while. No, we're trying to tell Debbie people Downers. to trust the process. Like, it, it will work out. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Okay, it's not, it's not, you know. Sometimes it's hellfire and brimstone. Oh, I was thinking of the Maroon 5 song. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, so you don't always get a, we always, I feel like we always talk about the good. Sometimes we got to talk about the bad. Um, But, and not that getting one offer is bad. Like, you got an offer. Awesome. Now you have somebody to buy your house. Isn't that what you wanted? Um, but okay, so I think we only have like a minute or so left in the show. Do we have, I, we had other things to talk about, but of course we are running out of time. So do you guys have any final thoughts or final sort of trust the process? We're sort of mad. Uh, <laughs> final words. Oh, well, we don't even have them. Well, I just think, you know what? Trust the people that you've hired. I mean, that's what we're doing every single day. I wish it was only 40 hours a week. It's a lot more than that. Um, you know, lean into your advisors. That's what we're there for. And um, if you need advice, you can feel free to call us at any time. 781-826-8000. There's my team. And we also have a, a 34 wonderful, wonderful agents at Boston Connect. So thanks for listening again tonight, everybody. You can go to bostonconnect.com and follow our podcast, Talk Real Estate Roundtable. See you guys next Bye, week. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I have one more showing and then I'm done. <laughs>